The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Balls. <laughs> Pink Balls by The Skinny Confidential. That's right. We are launching a new product. The Pink Balls Facial Massager. The only balls you want on your face. Now, this may look like a sex toy to you at first glance. It's not a sex toy. It's the tool of your dreams. It is the perfect pair to your ice roller. It is going to chisel the fuck out of your face. I have been designing her with my team for the last four years. We have worked on every facet of this custom design to make sure that it contours the fuck out of the face and the body and the neck. It grips tighter than any tool in your kit. You can expect her balls to roll over the face. So under the eye, the brow bone, the cheekbones, the jaw. I am so excited. I've been using this for so long. You guys have used it every morning for the last year to make sure it's perfect. It's pretty. She looks perfect on your vanity. So how you want to use it in tandem with your ice roller is you want to do the ice roller first. So roll and get all that fluid out of the face, get the lymphatic system going. Then you're going to put your roller back in the freezer and you're going to go and you're going to grab your pink balls facial massager. Okay. I like to use it with our depuffing oil on a clean face and I just chisel my jaw. Like everything is so tight. It's wild. So you just chisel the jaw, you chisel the cheeks. I take it down the neck to flush it. And I am telling you, your face has never looked tighter. Ice roller goes in the freezer. Your pink balls goes on your vanity. You are good to go. I have set you up. I am a fucking practitioner of puffing. Okay. She's $99 and she's available on shop skinnyconfidential.com. She's ready to rock. I think you're going to be obsessed. And don't worry, we won't tell him that you like her balls better. I am very much into my morning routine. I take it very seriously. And now Michael does too, which is very inspiring. I have like all my little potions and vitamins and supplements and my water with my chlorophyll and my lemon and it goes on and on and on. But one thing that has always been in my routine and it's been in my routine since Carly came on the show is Beekeepers Naturals Little Shots. And they're called Be Smart Brain Fuel. It comes in a six pack, but basically it's royal jelly. Okay, so you do this little shot. I think it tastes absolutely amazing. I throw these in my handbag when I'm running out the door and it just gives you energy because it's full of adaptogens. And Carly actually came on the podcast and explained why these shots help you fight brain fog. And I have to tell you, I've been using them forever and they really, really work. All of Beekeeper's products are meant to like reinvent your medicine cabinet. They have the best cough syrup on the planet, the elderberry one, like shout out all day long. It's the only cough syrup I will give my kids. All their products are made with clean ingredients. They're keto, paleo, gluten-free, and natural. No GMOs either. And Lauren's mentioned it a few times, but if you haven't heard that episode with Carly when she came on the show and talked about the magic that they're producing over there at Beekeepers Naturals, you have to check that episode out because it really dives deep into why we love these products so much. I'm a huge fan of the throat spray. I think anytime you're traveling or flying or going somewhere where you have to boost your immune function, definitely take that. I keep it in my bag. I keep it in my briefcase, keep it in my backpack. I pretty much have one everywhere and it's simple. Just spray it in your throat and then you're good to go. I even have one in my car. It's all over the place. Don't sleep on the medicinal benefits of the bees, okay? Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering all Skinny Confidential him and her listeners an exclusive offer. You are going to go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash skinny or inner code skinny to get 25% off your first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash skinny or enter code skinny. Start feeling better every day today. 
She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. So then at like 22, 23 is when I first saw that I was putting drugs and alcohol before my passion. And for me to not achieve my potential and do what I love for a living was to die. Like I just knew I had a lot to give and this is what made me happy. And I could see that drugs and alcohol were getting in the way. So that was my moment of clarity. Today we have Laura Clary. I think this is maybe one of our top guests of all time. Honestly, this episode does not disappoint. She is born to have a mic. I mean, I think and the reason I say that, I think this is one of the, the best guests we've ever had on the mic. Yeah, she is really damn good on the mic. Guys, she's got it all. If you want to have somebody that's got just great comedic timing, great storyteller, can kind of have a full range, get serious, get funny. Get but lots of depth. Tons of depth. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not janking your chain here. This is a good one. I think people are going to be pleasantly, well, they're not going to be surprised because everybody knows she's extremely talented, but they're going to be very happy with this episode. I read her book, Idiot, which is all about how she dealt with an addiction. I highly recommend it. Just heard that wrong. and thought you said, I read her book, Idiot. Like, oh, no. Calling... I, her book is called Idiot. I, I get that now. Okay. So her first one is called Idiot. I read a while back and was such a fan. I harassed her on Instagram. And then I read her second book, Idiots. <laughs> that one's all about how she has kids after this addiction. And she opens up about how her husband had an affair. She opens up about stories about birth. In her first book, Laura talks about being broke, unemployable, suicidal, cocaine addicted, and a narcissist. And then in her second book, you can expect mucus plug talk, ADHD, autism, postpartum depression, and her husband's cheating. He cheated on her in rehab, and she actually confronted the girl, sort of. Anyways, both of her books are absolutely amazing. She's funny. She has a lot of depth and she's incredibly charismatic. So who is Laura Clary? She's an actress, influencer, comedian, and best known for posting comedy sketches and blogs about her day to day on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. She is the author of Idiot and Idiots, and she lives in Los Angeles with her husband, son and daughter. She's a total badass. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Like I said, I begged for her to come on for so long. Welcome to the show, Laura, and you're welcome back anytime. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. You roofied your sister. Correct. I don't think I've ever heard those words come out of anyone's mouth. So can you give some context? Here's the thing. I thought I was doing a good thing. Okay. Because in my, this is when I was 18 years old and it is to be honest, the most probably up there with the, in the most shameful things I've ever done. It's kind of amazing too, in a way. Yeah, in a way. I mean, it's amazing because she turned out okay. Okay, Nothing happened. Nothing bad happened to her. I don't think I could live with myself if, if it went south, but it didn't. She ended up having an amazing night. But long story long, <laughs> my grandma, okay, Wait. Okay. Hold on. Let's back up. So I'm 18. I, I, when I, okay, I'm not 18. I'm not 18 right now. When I was at, we can cut all that, right? (laughs) Okay. So I moved here to LA when I was 17. When I was 18, my sister moved along with me because she was like, you're this kid here by yourself. Let me come protect you. 
And so my mom calls us and lets us know that my grandma passed away. So we're really bummed out and we're like, this is horrible. Let's go to the nearest bar and get wasted and just like forget about everything because we're in so much pain. So we go to, have you heard of the Mondrian? Yes. Right. The Mondrian. Yes. That was the spot back then. That was the spot, you know, but it was like very much covered with like young, broke, hot girls and like old sleazy motherfuckers. Like, right. Wasn't it? And it was it like, so, sounds like all of LA. Yeah, basically all of LA. So it's like you knew there were these spots you could go if you didn't have a lot of money, but you wanted free drinks. And like the Mondrian was one of those spots where, you know, my sister and I didn't have any money and we wanted to get drunk. So we went there. And of course, these two guys who were actually in their 30s. So they were like old to us then, which is like really sad, isn't it? Like that we're getting old. Yeah, no, it's. I'm, I'm thinking of those. Da- I'm thinking of those days. I remember seeing those old 35 year old guys. Do you now know I'm like, oh. you? Now, yeah, right? well, now and I'm now like, it's like yeah. we are those old 35 year old guys. Oh, that's depressing. It's really sad. So you're at the Mondrian. So, <laughs> yes, maybe and, I'll go to the Mondrian this afternoon. Yeah. You know oh it. my god, it'll Stop. take you back. Anyway, so they, they these guys end up buying us drinks. Then they were like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner with us? And we say, yes, we go to this place called Dan. I think it was Dan Tana's. It's an it's iconic like place. Old school, like steakhouse. This was my pre-vegan days. So I'm sure I ordered a bloody ass steak. And um, yeah, dude, they they pulled out this drug, this like little water bottle thing. And they were like, hey, do you want to do some GHB? And I was like, what's that? And they were like, oh, it's awesome. Like, it just makes you feel so good, your whole body. And I was like, amazing. Yes. Like if it, if someone offered me drugs, it was like, yes, it's going to make me feel good. Yes. Thank you. I'll take two, you know? And then my sister was like, oh no, I'm good. And then like five minutes later, she's like, um, I'm going to go to the restroom. And when she goes, the two guys were like, hey, we should little bit in her champagne and it'll be so great she's gonna love it and my naive addict mind was like that's a great idea like (laughs) she's gonna love this she's gonna thank me later she's gonna love this like I thought I was doing her a favor and I don't even want to like justify it because it's a horrible thing that I did but I'm just trying to tell you where my brain was at at the time and so I thought it was a good idea so we put a little bit in her drink she comes back she drinks the champagne and about 20 minutes later, we're like, okay, we're going to go out to some club. I can't remember which club. Lay do. Oh man. Oh my God. Lay do. Lay do. You're taking me back. I don't think it was that, but it was like one of those, one of those where like Leonardo DiCaprio was and still is. He's okay? still there. In a sweater he's hoodie. He's still there. Yeah. He's never left. He's and never. guess what? You know what's never left? The same age girl oh. is still the same age that he's so there with. Because <laughs> like he was amazing. And then he, now he's just like this old dude who's like still he, with 20 year olds. In like a hoodie. Yeah. Hoodie. I don't, I don't like. So you guys didn't go to the club. Yeah. So, so, so they're like, okay, or we're going to this club and I'm like, this is going to be great. And my sister's like, I'm actually getting, I'm actually feeling a bit tired. So I'm going to go home. And we were like, oh, okay. So we drive her home. She gets out and one of the guys goes, oh man, it didn't work. And Colleen, my sister turns around and goes, what didn't work? 
and I and I was like, oh, we put we put GHB in your drink, <laughs> and she was like, you asshole, like, and sort of laughed and walked in. Like she she didn't she wasn't even that phased because that's how reckless I was at the time that she was just like you you dick and like walked mm-hmm. in. Cut to the next day, she tells me she had like the time of her life. Her and her girlfriend went out dancing that night. Like they went to see some like live band and had so much fun. She's like, it was an amazing night. And we, you know, went back safe. So, so yeah, but that's the story of me drugging my sister. And what happened to you? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're getting right into it. You didn't write about that, I don't think. I did. Oh, wait, you did write about that. Yes, I did. The only reason I ask is because I'm starting to think like, okay, if you both took this dose, if she was fine, she did that, but then you go peel off. I I didn't tell you what happened to her. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, so mine's fucked up. I I basically got like sexually assaulted. Oh, okay. Which I know. (laughs) But that's okay. It's I've I've processed it. It's okay. It's in my book. But my, and I think it's karma. (laughs) It's karma for a druggy voice. No, I know that's dark. It's, no, it's dark. But basically, long story long, we, we go out to this club, go back to the guy's apartment. And I just remember waking up in the morning. This is like, this is getting really dark really fast. But I basically wake up in the morning in this guy's apartment. And he's literally like, dude, this is so fucked up. But he's like jacking off like over my face. Like I I was passed out asleep. Do you think that he wanted he you to like, stay asleep oh. for that? Yeah, it was so fucked. Do you think he like wanted you to wake up or do you think he wanted you to stay asleep or do you think he didn't know? Oh, I think he wanted me to stay asleep. I think he probably it was like a power thing. I mean, you know, I was completely out and I just wake up to this like disgusting fucking dude jacking off on my face. You say in your book that that things like this ha- happened to you throughout when you were using and you say that it's amazing to you how quickly in the moment fight or flight you sort of know how to get out of these situations. Yeah, things there's been a couple incidences like that. And this like I say in my book, it was pre me too movement. Yeah. So we didn't talk about it. We oftentimes like blamed ourselves. Well, why was I there? If I wasn't there, this wouldn't have happened. We certainly didn't report anything to the police. Like we just didn't then. I've, or, or it was not, it was very rare. So what do your instincts so, tell you to do so, when he's beating his meat mm-hmm. in your face? Yeah. So, so literally I pop my eyes open and I see this really disturbing image and immediately my brain went, okay, if he's capable of sexually assaulting me, while I'm passed out, what else is he capable of? Will he hurt me? Will he kill me? Will he rape me? Potentially, potentially, and potentially, yeah. Right. So if he's capable of that, oh, okay, I need to stop doing that. (laughs) Like, that's literally what I saw. It was so horrible. But if he's capable of that, what else is he capable of? And so that was initially where my brain went. And then I knew that I couldn't fight him off. He was much bigger than me. My brain went to just pretend that it's okay so you can get out safely. So I just like laid there and like let it happen and and didn't fight him off because my instinct said if I tried, it could get really dangerous. Like he could have knocked me out. Is he like finishing on you? Yeah. So you just lay there and get I just lay there and just like let it happen out of for self-preservation. I wanted to live. And I truly felt my instinct said, if you fight this guy, he'll win. And I don't have anyone there. My sister's not there. There's this other dude who's even bigger. Nobody knows you're there. Yeah. Wait, no, so, but, I'm in this room, uh, but I want to get out alive. So 
How, did, how does finish he have, and then I'm out? But, but how did, what does he say after that? Does he not even acknowledge it? Just thanks for last night. Yeah, that it's funny, like what you remember and what you don't. You don't. I don't that. remember the small talk. I don't remember. He was probably like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. Like he probably said something like that and not really aware. It, it's like when I pop my eyes open, you would think that maybe he would stop and go, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself or say something. But he just like kept going. And it was at that moment when I when I popped my eyes open and he continued assaulting me, even though he could see that I, I could now see him, that I knew this man was so disconnected, probably still on a lot of drugs too, which also made me right. think like he's not in his right mind and that he, if he's sexually frustrated or whatever. And I get in his way, like, will he kill me basically is what I was thinking. That makes I, didn't, sense. I didn't know them enough to know that I was safe and I clearly wasn't safe. So he literally finished and I like got up and got my stuff and just ran out. I just left. One, I I, go. one of the things that I like love yeah. about you and your books, it, she reminds me of Khalil. Our friend is, does this too, is that you talk about all these things that are normally quote unquote shameful mm -hmm. and it takes the energy out of it for other people to talk about. I mean, you talk yeah. about giving birth on Facebook, you talk about postpartum, you talk about sexual assault, addiction. Mm -hmm. There's this, these books, both of them, you guys are so good because you just take the energy out of it. Sometimes you read a biography yeah. and they leave out like all these yeah. parts and you're just like, cause on. I'm, I'm going to call someone out. Sharon Stone. Okay. Lover. Yeah. How many stories do you think she has? Like that? Treasure Probably chest. a lot. Okay. So I read her autobiography and it, it, it's like flat and you know, yeah. her life hasn't been flat. Yeah. There's so much she could share and I think ultimately help people. Yeah. And she didn't. Yeah. With yours, you went there. Yeah. I love that about you. I found the same thing. Thank you. And I found the same thing with the Tom Petty documentary. I don't know if you saw that, but he left out. His heroin addiction, like he was a junkie and he left that entire part out. And I was like, oh, that's really sad because that could have helped a lot of people. Well, too. It's a huge part of the story. Yeah. yeah. But I think maybe it's just a different time. And now, you know. Yeah. Right. They're used to covering it. And also, yeah. I think, too, and you say this in your book, too, it's like the casting director used to make the decision. So if the casting director doesn't like you, they have the opportunity to puppeteer your career. Whereas yes. with what you do now, you're the creator of your future. Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. Exactly. So I could write a song about buttholes if I want and I could and I have and I'll do it again. Good. And literally it actually... <laughs> I literally wrote a song about buttholes and um, can you give us like a jingle? It's like buttholes are nothing to be laughed at. They're just a part of the human body. Anus. Taylor's butthole is something to be laughed at. Let me tell you. If, if his butthole pops up in the show back there, I'm going to, I'm out. Okay. So, so you said, you mentioned this is before the me too movement. When did you notice a shift with all of this stuff in Hollywood, especially well, definitely like the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Yeah, that that, that made a big difference. Yeah, I feel like that. that's when it, right? I mean, I guess it probably was happening before too, but I feel like that's when it really... Well, like if, so, if it could happen to somebody in that position of power that rapidly and that dramatically yeah. and so effectively, it's like everybody else is like, hey, you better be on point. Totally. 
There is one thing that I took my entire pregnancy, and that is my chlorophyll drops from Saqqara. I take this every single morning. It is so seamless and easy. I hydrate first thing in the morning. I have like a huge Yeti hydro flask situation with tons of ice. I do lemon. I put ginger in there. Sometimes I put a little inulin and I always put my Saqqara chlorophyll drops. It turns the water green, which I love. And there's so many benefits. It's good for your blood. It's good for your heart. It's good for energy. I've been obsessed with chlorophyll for years. I think it's so amazing if you're in altitude. The benefits are unreal. Saqqara also has these beauty drops. So I buy the packet that has the chlorophyll and the beauty drops. I've probably gone through like 10 of them. You have to check them out. And if you're unfamiliar with Saqqara, they are a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. So not only do they have these drops, they also have like a meal plan that you can order straight to your door. It's very plant rich. It's high quality organic ingredients. Like I said, they have all different kinds of stuff on their site, meals, snacks, supplements. I just have to tell you, though, the chlorophyll drops are amazing. If you want to boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, check out Saqqara. Right now, Saqqara is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, 20% off your first order. All you have to do is go to Saqqara.com slash skinny or inner code skinny at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skinny for 20% off your first order. Saqqara.com slash skinny. Get the chlorophyll drops. Was your journey with addiction something where it was like quick and fast and hard? Or was it something that slowly happened that you didn't even notice that all of a sudden it's like a tumbleweed and it's like a huge problem? I guess, okay, they say this very cliche saying in AA, which is it's fun and then it's fun with problems and then it's just problems. And I found that to be very true for me. So like in high school, when I started, you know, I would smoke weed with my friends on the weekend. Can can you give me context where you grew up? Yeah, so I grew up um, 10 miles west of Chicago okay. in a place called Downers Grove, okay. which is happier than it sounds. It's a, it's a nice suburb right outside of the city. Okay. And addiction just runs in my family. So, you know, my dad's like, here's 20 bucks. Go get me some weed when I'm 14, 15. You know, like it was just okay in my house to drink and smoke weed and whatever. There wasn't a lot of structure, a lot of love, especially for my mom. She loved us to death, but it was a little chaotic too. So I started like drinking and using in high school and then like eventually found other drugs like cocaine and ecstasy, molly, whatever you want to call it. And then it just kind of progressed from there. And then I actually am really grateful that I discovered cocaine because it's such a hardcore drug. You can't just do cocaine like sporadically and be fine. I mean, I guess some people do, but I couldn't. And I feel like it it brought me to my knees quicker. It made me hit my bottom. What age is this you find it? So I found it when I was like 16, but I would I actually would do it here and there. But then that was like my drug of choice. When I moved out here, it was just the one that I became addicted to. 18, 18. Yeah. Okay. By 22, I realized that I was putting like drugs and alcohol before my career and before my passion. And I just had this moment of clarity that if I didn't get sober, if I didn't stop drinking and using, I was never going to reach my potential. And I knew I had a lot to give. Like, since I was a kid, I always wanted to make people laugh on a big scale. That was always my obsession. Like, as a kid, I was a class clown. I was 
straight C's and D's in school, but it was all about like, how can I make every kid in this class piss themselves from laughter? Like, how can I do that? And I was obsessed with it and I was really good at it. And so I knew I was going to do comedy. And like, so I wrote a letter to SNL when I was like nine, like, dear SNL, I'm going to make your show so funny. Love, Laura. You know, like I just always knew. It was like one of those things. I wonder if Lauren Michael ever got it. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, so, so then at like 22, 23 is when I first saw that I was putting drugs and alcohol before my passion. And for me to not achieve my potential and do what I love for a living was to die. Like I just knew I had a lot to give and this is what made me happy. And I could see that drugs and alcohol were getting in the way. So that was my moment of clarity. It wasn't a physical, you know, people talk about hitting rock bottom, they're on skid row. I wasn't, I had an apartment, I was booking independent films, tons of commercials, bad sitcoms. Like I was a working actor before I was on social media and I was making just enough to pay my rent and eat food, just enough. Is it like one of those things where you're waking up and drinking or is it like just when you drank, it was like extreme, like could go for five days? That, That I was a binge drinker and it wasn't even ever five days, but it was just when I did drink, And that's another misconception of alcoholism. People think if you're not waking up and drinking, maybe you don't have a problem. That's not true. I would even go like a month without to do like a cleanse or something. But when I did drink, I I struggled to stop. And then by the end, when I did pick up a drink, I and I never drink in the morning, you know, but when I did have that first drink, it was really hard to not have the second and then the third. And for me, I then wanted like harder drugs, like I craved cocaine. And that brought me to my knees quicker, like made me hit my bottom quicker was the drugs. So when you have your epiphany, do you immediately go into rehab? Do you go to AA? Like what's, what was your plan when you had the epiphany? I had that epiphany and then I ignored it and probably continued on for a little bit. But I would say like my first, okay, my, my first time of going into the rooms of AA was, and I write about this in my first book was I was in a long-term relationship with this German guy named Rudolph. You remember Rudolph? I remember Rudolph. So he was like a good influence on me. Although now looking back, kind of weird, like 17 years older. I was 18. (laughs) He was 37. So what I thought was like a good influence. Now I look back and I'm kind of like, hmm, that's a little creepy. That's a little Leonardo DiCaprio-y, right? Like 18 and 37. It's a big difference. But nonetheless, he was like very healthy and like helped me get my first commercial agent was like very um, encouraging to me and you know, didn't use drugs and like introduced me to yoga and like taught me how to cook and to wake up early and to meditate. And so he was a good influence in a lot of ways. But towards the end, he wanted to get married and have kids. And we had been together a couple of years. So maybe this is around 22. We've been together a couple of years and I just did, I was not ready to, to get married and have kids. He was. So instead of like having an adult conversation with him and saying, hey, I want to break up because I don't want to get married and have kids right now. And you do. I decided to go to a bar and I met this like random Irish guy at the bar. And he was like, hey, do you want to go to Mexico? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) So we literally and this is the how dangerously impulsive I was in my addiction and also my inability to like have confrontation and things like that. I was just running away rather than having adult conversations, right? So instead of breaking up with him, I drove to Mexico with this random Irish guy. I met at a bar that day. Fucking drove there. Like you went to like, like TJ? Oh, or Rosa- Tijuana. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, literally went to Tijuana. I was gonna. I thought he was like escorting you down to like Puerto Vallarta or Cabo or like. Nope, Tijuana. We drove. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah, Michael, this isn't like they're going to the one and only like. <laughs> oh, I just. Michael's. Uh, I don't think. I think it's a different kind of Mexico. Okay. No. no I mean, listen. I I can envision it. We grew up in San Diego, so I I get it. Okay. Oh, we stopped there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, wait. So literally, dude, and he was the worst. Okay, we had nothing in common. Me and this guy, like. We met at the bar and we were fighting like a married couple within 20 minutes. I hated his taste in music. He, we were like bickering the whole drive there. Like there was nothing romantic about this. It and was you guys a, are whacked out on cocaine or? We weren't actually on cocaine, but he was definitely an alcohol. He was a drinker and, and, and I was too. So we were drinking like, yeah, there was alcohol involved. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and actually I met him that night at the bar and we went to Mexico that next morning. So it wasn't actually the same day. Just to preface, <laughs> like, yeah, oh God, horrible. <laughs> so so I go to Mexico with this guy the next day and we stop in San Diego. <laughs> and it was, this was another like terrifying experience. We, we're like bickering the whole way and we get in this fight and we've just met, it's just ridiculous. So we're at this motel and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go take a walk on the beach and it's nighttime now. And I'm walking down this like random beach in San Diego. And I see there's this like house with a garage right there on the beach. There's these three guys. They look like frat bro guys. And they're like, hey, like, do you want to come have a beer with us in our garage? And I'm like, yes, obviously, oh, I, obviously, I do. I mean, you sound fun. <laughs> obviously, I do. So, I I go so in. So, where's the Mick at this point? What's he doing? He's in the motel. Okay, and he's just... he's like passed out, like you know. <laughs> okay. and, and, and what about and Rudolph? Rudolph is at home in L.A. Okay. in West Hollywood, and he has no clue where you are. No. Okay. No, right. I just left. Quite the picture to paint. Okay. I just left. I d he does he did not know where I was. And this was like towards the end of our relationship. I am surprised at how tolerant he was of, of my horrific behavior. But also, too, I was like a kid. Uh, you know, well, 22 is not a kid. But when we met, I was 18. You know, I mean, my brain was not fully developed. Let's put it that way. Still isn't. But um, <laughs> anyway, so the, the guy, so the, the Mick is is it at the motel. Are we allowed to say Mick? I don't know. Is that offensive? I think it's okay. I'm like 50% Irish. So, so I'm part two. So I feel like. But anyway, so he, we had gotten in some dumbass fight. I don't even know about what. So I'm walking down the beach. The three frat guys are like, hey, you want to come in our garage and drink? I'm like, obviously, yes. I can see nothing wrong with this. So I go in, we're all sitting around and they're all kind of staring at me and I'm drinking the beer and and then all of a sudden I have this other moment of clarity, like, what the hell am I doing here? There's these three big frat guys sitting there staring at me like a piece of meat and I'm drinking my beer and I'm just thinking, OK, this is probably very dangerous. And I get that realization. And so I put down my beer after I finish it and then I say, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to head out. I got to go and I get up to walk out of the garage. The one guy, the one frat guy gets up, pushes the garage door to shut the garage. Garage starts shutting down. I see, and it was like, again, the instincts go and it's like, okay, they're gonna 
they're going to hurt me. I know it. So I duck under the garage as it's going down and I run so fucking fast down the beach back to the motel. Then a bottle is thrown. A glass bottle from one of the beers is thrown. One of the dudes threw it, tried to hit me, did not hit me. And I just keep running and running and running and get back to the motel. I'm banging on the door to get in. Brian, Brian, let me in, let me in. Nothing. Let me in, let me in. Of course, he has the key. I don't know the key. Banging, banging, banging. Middle of the night. He's not answering. Just will not open the door. So I go to the, it's like one of those like old motels where there's no reception area. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a sister motel across the street that had a reception area. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Do you know the area you were in? No. It sounds like she was in PB or Mission Valley, if I'm guessing. Probably that. Like I just Or maybe Oceanside. Yeah. Mm, Dude, I don't. I think Mission Valley. So there was like a sister motel, like across the street, and they had someone where, because there was no one at working at two in the morning on this side of the motel but on the other so I had to go across the street to the other side and ask the receptionist to come and let me in and he let me in and the dude the Irish dude is just like laying there like sleeping but like there's no way you wouldn't have woken up from me banging on the door I wouldn't have woken up really nope wouldn't have woken up for all these years I'm thinking he just was fucking with me sometimes I like open an eye and can hear it and then I just go back to sleep I wouldn't have woken up Really? No. Okay, so maybe it was innocent. <laughs> maybe it was innocent. Okay. So that was it. And then we drove to Mexico from there. And then... So after all this, we're still like, let's keep going to Mexico? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, no, I know. It's insane. Well... What was the... Po- I mean, like, yeah. what did you guys think you were going to find down there? Well, because here's the thing. I was done. I was like, you're an asshole. And I... I was so pissed. I think I like pushed him on the bed and I was screaming in his face like, why didn't you let me in? He was like, I was sleeping. I was trying to get my sleep. (laughs) I need my eight hours. (laughs) Oh my God. So so we get in this whole fight and then um, I was like, I want to go home. And he was like, we've got to see Mexico. We've got to go. (laughs) All right. He somehow convinced me. He somehow convinced me. How was the me. trip? It was terrible. It, it was, was absolutely terrible. It was terrible. Okay, yeah. so what did Rudolph say when you got back and how many days later? So I went to a random payphone in Tijuana and I called him and it was very dramatic. And I remember he picks up, hello, he's German. And I was like... A lot of accents. Lo- I can't not do someone's accent when I'm Go. talking about Go. them. Like, I love it. Like, I can't not. Go. I. It's impossible. I, you're good at it. Go. <laughs> so he's like... Hello. And I'm like, Rudolph, I'm in Tijuana. <laughs> and then he's like, come home, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'll never forget that. It was so, so, even at the time, I was like, is my life a movie? <laughs> so Someone call cut, please. So at what point do you decide that you're going to rehab? Is the, When you come back and you come home and he wants you to do yoga and wake Wait, up early. Wait, was this guy just like so <laughs> mature? And like he was just like. Yeah, he was mature. It's just like. At this this is the breaking point for him was when I came. He said, come home. Laura. So I come home and, he's, and he says, you've got to leave. 
you've got because he had, had enough yeah. yeah he had had enough so how do you find a rehab like that quick so i never went to rehab actually never went to rehab no i only got sober through alcoholics anonymous which is like a free program you could just That's go amazing. in there all over that's amazing. Yeah. And I got sober, it, yeah. one and done, like, because sometimes you t- it takes people different kinds of times. Yeah. yeah, it took it took me a little a little bit of time. But so from there, so he said, you've got to leave. So I fly back home to Downers Grove, where I'm from. And I go home and I, you know, I'm depressed and, you know, lost this relationship, which I kind of subconsciously wanted, which is why I was so self-destructive in it. And I go out to lunch with my godmother whose uh, name is Anise, and she's this she's this whole character, right? She's always in this big mink coat. She always had her fur coats and her cigarettes and too much Botox and hairspray. And we, we always meet at this Mexican restaurant on fucking Ogden Avenue, and we always would meet there. And she's my godmother, and she never had kids, so I'm like the daughter she never had, so very close. And she's one of the only sober people in my family. In fact, she is the only one besides me that's in recovery. She had been sober from alcohol for maybe 20 years. So she sits there with her big mink coat and her cigarette. And she looks at me and she goes, you look like shit, Laura. Your hair looks like a rat's nest. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, I need to, I need to get sober. It was like, but she, she really, she goes, you look like shit. Your hair looks like a rat's nest. She goes, I can tell you have a problem. And if you don't get sober, you know, it's going to be bad. She said, I think you need help. She could just tell from looking at me. It was like, we know. And she could see from from looking at me that I had an alcohol problem. I probably looked emaciated and dark circles and hair looked like a rat's nest. And so she was the one who said, I think you have a problem. And was that relief? When someone says that to you and you're so deep in your addiction, is that relief or is that more stress? Yeah, I think it was relief. Yeah, it was the moment that it stuck for me that that moment. And she told me how she got sober. And all of a sudden I felt like it was possible to to get clean. And it it didn't really seem like it was working for me anymore. Like I said, it was fun then fun with problems and then just problems. Now we're in the just problems bit. You know, and so I flew back to L.A. and I started going to AA meetings and it took me a couple rounds. Like you said, it doesn't always happen right away. And it took me a little bit. At one point, I thought I could do like marijuana maintenance because I didn't think weed was my problem. So like I, I could smoke a little weed. I just won't drink or do hard drugs. But then inevitably that brought me back to alcohol. So at what point do you meet your husband? So I meet my husband when I'm 24 and we, I was 59 days sober. And where, where so are you I had been career wise sort of, at this point when you meet your husband? Career wise, I was making my living off doing commercials Okay, okay. and the odd sitcom. And I had just booked an independent film with Jason Bateman and Olivia Wilde called The Longest Week. And I played a dumb model named Bunny. And the opening scene in the movie was me in bed with Jason Bateman. No sex, but just like Did you waking see his up penis? I didn't see his dick, no. Okay. Not even a peak. Unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. No, it was just, and he was very nice. And, Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he was really super nice. But to such a director, like I'm so glad he's directing Ozark. Uh, it's Ozark, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Because, it just ended, but it's incredible. Yeah, because on this movie, there was this like young independent 
film director who was my friend and he called me it was in new york and he called me and he was like laura i really want you to do this role but you got to fly yourself out because it's an indie film and we don't have the budget so he's like you got to fly yourself out and put yourself up and you the role is yours and i was like okay cool so this was like when i was very newly sober and so i was broke i had spent my money on drugs and like i was just barely getting by at this point and so i asked my sister to borrow money and then i looked on facebook and i was like i've got to find somewhere to stay in new york so i find this girl i went to high school with who was living in new york and i was like hey kelly um i booked a movie in new york can i stay with you and she was like okay so i get to fucking kelly's house dude and it's a studio apartment it's literally the size of this room and there's one bed so now Kelly and I, Kelly from high school, who I haven't talked to in years, are sharing a bed. And I'm just like, so you remember Miss Hytien? She's like, yeah. Like, it was really <laughs> oh awkward. God. So I stayed there for like a couple weeks. Kelly sounds like a nice person. She though. was super nice. Yeah. Super nice to let me stay there. Somebody She's going to hear this podcast and ask you to come stay at your yeah, house Kelly's now. a big listener oh of ours. She's a big listener of Kelly, ours. Kelly, you're welcome anytime. Okay, so but Steven, yeah. Can you sorry, imagine though somebody calling that. us from high school asking to stay? I don't, no way. No, no fucking way. Right? You know what I mean? Like, no that way. was so nice of her. Yeah, no way. I, I feel like you wouldn't even let your mom stay at the house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even relatives. I'm like, no way. Let alone no. high school. Like, high know, school. Dinosaurs acquaintance. from high school. No yeah. way. You didn't need a place to yeah. stay. Oh, yeah. Taylor needs a place to stay. Yeah, no no, no chance. <laughs> no chance. So, so you're 59 days sober. You're working on this movie. You meet Steven on the movie. I love that sound. You love that sound. I love this platform. Shopify. I've used it for years. We have used Shopify for years. We use it for the Skinny Confidential product line. We use it for Woo. We use it for the Dear Media page. I've used it for every e-com store that I've pretty much ever built. I feel like everyone who is an entrepreneur, small business, big business uses Shopify. I see it everywhere. It's a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere. And it gives entrepreneurs like Michael and I the resources once reserved for big businesses. So if you're a small business, you're going to get the big business service. If you're a big business, you're going to get the best service. It's customized for your needs with a great looking online store and also has tools to manage our day to day and drive sales. What I love about this platform is it is one of the easiest and most powerful platforms if you're trying to sell anything online. And the best thing is whether you're holding a CRM and doing customer retention and support, whether you're doing customer service, they accept pretty much every major payment platform. So if you want to start taking Amazon Pay, Apple Pay, PayPal, credit card, it is meant for people who want to start selling online right now. So any idea you have that you want to build an online store for, Shopify has you covered. And why the Skinny Confidential product line uses it, you guys, we use it for the ice roller, the pink balls, all the things, is because it allows us to connect with our customers, drive sales, and manage the day-to-day. You are going to go to shopify.com skinny, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial. And get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash skinny right now. That's shopify.com slash skinny. So if you've been looking to start a store online and you haven't known where to start, here's your answer. Shopify.com slash skinny. The movie happened actually literally like a couple weeks after Steven and I met. Got but it. you were saying like, where Sorry, were I you in your yeah, career? I went on a tangent because obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah people, so like yeah. I was, but I was, so where I was, I was living with my best friend from three-year-old preschool. His name's Jack. And we've just been best. I mean, we went to three-year-old preschool. We became best friends in junior high. 
but we were living together and, you know, I was making just enough to like pay my rent, like through, you know, like I said, commercials and sitcoms. And then I was about to book this film um, right after I met Stephen. So Stephen and I was 59 days sober and I meet Stephen at a party and my sister was the one who invited me. She, my sister is an Anglophile. She, which means she's obsessed with all things British. She only hangs out with British people, only talks about British things. <laughs> she even acquired a British accent to the point where she literally called me and was like, Laura, do you want to get some tea? And I'm like, you're from Chicago, but literally was obsessed with all things British. And is your only sister? Two. I have okay. two older sisters. Okay. The okay. middle sister, I'm the youngest. And okay. then my middle sister's the Anglophile. And then my oldest sister is like a high school math teacher still living in the Chicagoland area. Which one was roofied? The Anglophile. Got it. Yeah. She was like, I feel crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blimey. Anyway, so... She calls me and she's like, Laura, you're being so antisocial. You need to get out of your apartment and come to this party. Or sorry, she was like, come to this party right now. And because I was being sort of antisocial, I was newly sober. Like I just didn't really want to risk being around alcohol at the time. Now I have over 10 years sober. I could be around it. It's all good. But at the time, it was a little difficult for me. So I was being very antisocial. So I was also dating this guy who was an entertainment lawyer named Ben. And we weren't exclusive, but we were dating. Like we hadn't had the talk, but we were dating. So I call Ben and I say, hey, my sister invited me to this party. It was at the producer of Radiohead, who was my sister's ex-boyfriend. It was his house and it was like all these Brits, whatever. So I call Ben, who's the entertainment lawyer who I'm dating. And I say, hey, you know, my sister invited me to this party. Do you want to go with me? And he was like, yeah, okay. So then he calls me at like 6 p.m. And he goes, hey, work is running late. I can't make the party tonight. And I thought, oh, my God, this is great. What, an, what a great excuse not to go to this party. Ben canceled, so I'm not going to go. So I call my sister. I say, hey, Ben canceled, so I can't come to the party. And she's like, Laura, you're a grown woman. Like, you don't need a man to take you to a party. Like, get your ass here now. And I was like, oh, fine. So I begrudgingly went to this party. I walk in. There's like this whole garden area where everyone's hanging out. And I, I walk in and these my sister and her friends always had weird theme parties. It was never just like a party. Like there was always a weird theme attached to it. So this theme was dress like your parents did the year that they gave birth to you. What? What? That's too complicated. Isn't it? That's too complicated. Oh, that's too complex. What the fuck? Ooh, that hurts my brain. Doesn't it? Yeah. So I'm thinking 1986. Hmm. Okay. Let's think about this. So my first thought was I'm going to dress in a hospital gown with my ass cheeks out. because <laughs> That is what my mother wore when she gave birth to me. And I really thought about that. And I thought, that's good. That's commitment. I want to do that. I like it. You, didn't you? Yeah. Full ass cheeks out. Yeah. Hospital gown. I love it. I was committed. And then I thought, mm, I just, I changed my, I'm sober now. I've got to take myself a little more seriously. Okay. So I, so I find this like little pink and black dress, like mini dress from Fred Siegel. It's like this little tight, little cute dress. And I do my hair all big and curly. It was looking cute. And so I walk in and I see this man and he's, standing across the garden area and he's wearing this beautiful suit and he had this really nice smile and I remember looking across the room and just spotting him and seeing 
this man with this beautiful smile. He was laughing with his friends. And I just remember distinctively thinking that man has a beautiful smile and I want to talk to him. And so I make my way over and I notice that he's holding a bottle of water. And I was like, okay, he's holding water. Think, think, think. And I just went up to him and I was like, hey, where'd you get your water? (laughs) (laughs) And then. good. I like that. Really? Yeah, I like it. Okay, thank you. It's so simple, but it's like unique. Yeah. And I literally did want some water. So it wasn't even like it was just a line. Like I genuinely was thirsty. So I, he then looks at me and he's like, Paulson? Like, he's sort of like taken aback. And then I just keep talking because I'm nervous. So I'm like, yeah, no, I just, I love, I just love water. Like, it's really important to stay hydrated. (laughs) And that is the first thing I ever said to him. Where'd you get your water? I just, I love water. It's important to stay hydrated. That is the quote. Like, I'll never forget the first words I said to him. And it's so interesting. He's a producer. Steven. Yes, yeah. which is so crazy because yeah. I feel like it complements everything you do. Yes, yes, yes. So he's he came, he flew out to actually he's a composer as well as a music producer. So he came out to work with Hans Zimmer, who's like the biggest oh, geez, um, yeah. film composer yeah. in the world. And Hans Zimmer heard his music because he was writing uh, film scores on in indie films in London. And Hans heard his music and was like, come out to Los Angeles and work for me. And Steven's like, okay. Did Hans do the Pirates of the Caribbean That's thing? Bit, Taylor, did he Google that? Or I know, I mean, I obviously yeah. know who he is, but he's done like everything. But like Steven worked, he's done everything. Yeah. Steven did Transformers, Madagascar, Mission oh, cool. Impossible. Yeah, what, Hans Zimmer. He yeah. did. See, uh, I knew Hans Zimmer did that. I knew. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There yeah. you go. So Steven worked on all these big Hollywood movies with, with Hans. And that's why he moved to LA. So you're both very talented. It's interesting wow. that you found each other at a party, both with water, very talented. Well, yes. And so I, so he goes, I said, it's really important to stay hydrated. And then he looks at me and he goes, obviously you don't love water or you would have brought some yourself. And I was like, are you accusing me of not liking water? Because I do like water. I just didn't bring any, but I do actually love water. And he was like, I'm just saying, if you really loved it, you would have brought some. So the chaos is already starting yeah. before yeah. like even like the first step. Yes. Love it. Yeah. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to go find some water. And I like leave. And then I mingle for like 30 minutes. And then I'm, I'm, everyone's getting progressively drunker and higher. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. So I was like, I guess I'll say goodbye to the water guy. So I go back to Steven and I was like, hey, like I'm leaving. And he was like, why are you leaving? And I said, cause I'm the only sober person here. And he goes, well, I'm sober. And it was this moment of like, oh, you're sober too. Like that makes sense. You've got the water. And then I was like, sober, sober. Cause there's two different types of sober. Sure. There's like, I'm driving tonight sober. Or like I'm a raging alcoholic and that's why I'm sober. And he was like, sober, sober. And it was very clear that he, was sober like I was sober so all of a sudden we had this instant connection and we start talking and he's been sober for almost 10 years at that point and he was like I'm new to LA like I do you know of any good AA meetings and I was like yes I have one tomorrow that I go to at the log cabin in West Hollywood and he was like great I'll meet you there we met at the AA meeting and then we had like a three-hour lunch after and we just laughed the whole time and truly the rest is history and I think about that a lot and I think about that day And I think about if Ben had not canceled on me, if Ben, the guy that I was dating, had come with me to that party, I would have never met Stephen. I certainly wouldn't have asked him where he got his water and flirted with him because that would have been rude. I mean, I don't know. You went to Mexico with the other guy. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 
But I do think about that. And I think, how would my life be different? Like, don't you ever think about those little moments all the time that change your whole life? Yeah. Yeah. There's something in your book that you did that I pinned to my Pinterest board. And you talk about how you were dating your husband at the time. It's like, I think you said three months in, correct me if I'm wrong. And he, you hacked into his Facebook and he was doing something shady and you decided that you, (laughs) this is so good. I literally like highlighted. I swear to God on my Kindle uh, for inspo. You projected onto a huge big screen TV. Yes the DMs in Facebook that were inappropriate. So when he walked in, everything was dark. Yes. Besides on a huge big screen TV, (laughs) the inappropriate DMs. I love that. I I mean, I really love that. I was like, wow, this is like some cinema. You get some drama. You hit it from all angles. What's he going to say when you walk? And where were you when he saw these? In the dark, sitting on the couch. Oh, yeah. I was sitting right there waiting for his ass to get home. Nice and dark. Oh, Jesus Christ. And play the Gone Girl music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sugar Storm. That's right. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. When he walked in, you're in the dark. Oh, yeah. And that's projected onto the screen. That's right. What did he do? He was like, oh, (laughs) dude, no, he was like, his eyes got (laughs) even bigger than they already are. Oh, my God. And then the most pathetic response, which, you know, people have those, right? When they're caught. I've had them. We've all had them. Most people have had them. Who did that? (laughs) That is disgusting. That is really sick. I think someone hacked into my computer. That is disgusting. Taylor, are you related? (laughs) Wait, did Taylor do the hacker? Oh, Taylor's done the hacker. Taylor's done way worse. Taylor's done way worse. So, so fucking hacker. What did you do? Did you say you're done? Oh, come on. He was like, it was a hacker. I don't, I would have, that is really sick. That what is, was he doing? Just, he was like DMing He said it was a hacker that hacked into his... But was he just like going back and forth with somebody? Yeah, it was like flirtatious. Like there was this German girl. I don't know what's Rudolph's up with that. Rudolph's sister. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just like having flirtatious conversations. And this is early in the relationship. Early. Okay. Like we had been dating for like maybe a month or something. We were new. And so yeah. you open up about that. You yeah. didn't open up about that in your in your first book. And yeah. then you also open up. And yeah. I was like, this was such a moment that yeah. I think for women to read. So important. Cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you decide to open up about that? Well, because I needed stories for my second book. You know? <laughs> I... You're like, go cheat on me so I can get some content, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, because I, I made a pact to myself to be rigorously honest in, in the second book. And I was in my first book, but there were still, I really dug deep and went, what were the stories I withheld from my first book? Because I was scared of, to be judged. And I was just scared of criticism and what people would think of me or of us. And so there were certain things. And that's why I have a whole chapter called the story. Me too, though, the stories I was too scared to tell, which I go into all of those stories that for one reason or another, I was too scared to tell in my first book. I also think that I was just so sick of seeing like hashtag relationship goals under like all of our posts. And it's like, no, dude, like we're just as flawed as every other couple. Like we you don't. You mean people, your people that right? were in your community following you, writing that about your relationship. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. So like, we would, I, every time he's in a video with me or whatever, it's always hashtag relationship goals. Oh my God, the perfect couple or whatever. Like I would, we would just get comments like that. And we are a wonderful match. We really are, but like we're flawed too. And I wanted to write about that. 
And of course I asked him and I said, hey, I want to write about the time that you cheated on me. And during your relapse is, you know, are you okay with that? Because it is his story too. And if he wasn't okay with it, I would have honored that, you know, because it's his story too. How did you not want to kill the person that was like involved with him? Because it sounds like you were pretty pragmatic about it. Like in the book, you were like, you were like, it's his fault. You like realized. Yeah. But of course I wanted to, to kill her. That's why I drove to where they were going to meet and looked for her because I wanted to murder her. In the dark to to a projector sugar storm. Yes, exactly. I bet you had something creative. There was a moment where I did. And then when I thought about it and I'm looking around for this, this woman that I don't know what she looks like, you'll have to get my book to for more details yeah, on you this. Yeah, you guys, this, this it's way ends up in story. It's intense. Yeah. But then I just had this, again, this this moment of clarity where I was like, it's not her. I should be after. It's it's him. Like, Was it easy to repair to her that after him. Like, he cheated? Or was it a lot of work? You know, I think because I've been unfaithful, clearly, right, in Mexico and... That I, I could empathize with it. Yeah. Like I, especially being in your addiction, like he at the time was, he had relapsed. He was on drugs during that time. So he was not himself. It was not good. There was, we were married at this point for four or five years. Children at this time or no? No, no, no okay, children, so, okay. no children. And we were all good. And then he got in a little bender bender and was like my back hurts <laughs> went to the doctor there were doctors like here's some drugs and then oh i have trouble sleeping here's some drugs and then i have anxiety here's some drugs and they just he kept like doctor shopping and he was addicted to so many different prescription drugs that like he was not acting himself he was also in denial every time i tried to question him about his drug use he'd say they're all doctor prescribed i'm still sober to the point where he was still taking cakes in AA meetings, like for his sober birthday, because in his mind, he's sober because they're all doctor prescribed, but he's abusing these drugs. And eventually he realized that. And he comes home one day and he's like, I have to stop. I have to stop. He throws all his pills down the toilet. And then he starts like shaking and seeing things. And so I'm freaking out. So I call someone in the program and I'm like, hey, like Steven's seeing things that aren't there. He just threw out all his pills. And they were like, get him to the hospital now. And I was like, okay. So I take him to the hospital. And within 20 minutes of being in the hospital, he's in a full seizure. Full this on is seizure. a massive withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massive withdrawal. Yeah. You can, if you stop cold turkey taking like Xanax, which they'll say is like the least addictive anti-anxiety, which is a lie. Yep. And they don't care. Um, but Xanax, I think Oxy can do it too. But if you just stop cold turkey after abusing it, you can go into a full seizure and die. I mean, it happens. And it almost did to him. I thought he died in front of me. That's important to say. Yeah. I think for anyone who's listening, that's the, you said that in your book too. Like yeah. that's such a good uh, tip. I mean, you can't just cut it cold turkey. Yes. Hair's looking nice and full. Hair is looking nice and full postpartum. And you know what? That is thanks to Nutrafol. I just went and got a blowout. And the stylist literally complimented me on the thickness of my hair. And this is a big deal because with Zaza, after I gave birth, I wasn't necessarily experiencing thinning hair. It was just falling out like it like I would lose hair in the shower or on my pillowcase. And now so far, I do not have that. And I talk about this all the time, but I attribute that to scalp massage 
with a little bit of scalp serum. I think that really gets the circulation going. I also do microneedling around my scalp and then I use Nutrafol. The postpartum one is legit. It's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement and it's clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. It obviously supports healthy hair too and it's going to get to the five root causes. And the root causes are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. The one that I am taking right now is the postpartum. They also have a menopause one too, which is awesome. Everything with Nutrafol, which I love, is natural and drug-free. It's medical-grade ingredients. And all you do, like I just leave it out in like a little heart tin in my kitchen. So I remember to take it. I just take three with my lunch. It's super easy. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code SKINNY. You save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, by the way. And it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. You also get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SKINNY. If you're wanting, considering getting clean, I recommend medically detoxing. I didn't medically detox personally, but I wasn't taking prescription drugs. I was binge drinking, so I wasn't. But but I think to be safe, medically detox. Yeah. You you don't have to tell us the full story because there's there's so many stories oh. in your book. But mm-hmm. one that stood out that I was like I was dying and I like love that you shared was the massage parlor. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. So you go, <laughs> you go to you book a massage. Yeah thinking like you're going in for like a Thai massage. The reason, by the way, this is so interesting to me is because I have this addiction to foot spots. Well, she told me that Lauren told me this story. Really bad addiction. She told me this story. And then I started thinking like you go to these things like every week. I honestly don't care if they finger bang me while they're rubbing my feet because I'm so comfortable. It's just like, have uh, they tried? uh, No, I mean, yeah. No, they haven't tried. I just get my feet done, and for two hours I sit there. I know those and places. Let me tell you, they're it's, amazing. It's uninterrupted work away Ugh. from the baby, away from Michael. Everything. I can sit there and yeah. just work and have my feet rubbed. Ugh. But I so, hope that's all that's getting rubbed. What the hell is going on over there now? Now, now I'm gonna start <laughs> now thinking. You're... You can come with me. I'm gonna go check this place out. Okay, <sighs> you have come with me before. <laughs> okay, so so you go to just like a massage yeah. place. I'm thinking it's hole in the wall. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. you book a massage. Yeah. And you go in and you think you're getting a massage. Yeah, and I did. I did come. <laughs> so when she starts like going deeper, lower. Here's the thing. She didn't finger bang me. She literally made me orgasm from over the sheets. I've never experienced anything like it. Okay. Does she know it what was, she's doing? It was of clear, wild. Of course she knows what she's doing. Clearly. Clearly. What are you talking about? Okay. Man? Well, at first I didn't know because I was like, She's just massaging like really close to the area. And so I was like, whoa, I'm getting really turned on right now. But I don't know, like, am I horny or is she like purposely touching me in this area? Because sometimes you can't help it, right? You're being rubbed in certain areas and like maybe you feel a little some type of way, but it's innocent. Taylor's like, what is the massage parlor run with? (laughs) What street is it on? Oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting aroused right now. To be honest. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, because you have to tell the best part of yeah. the story. Go ahead. Well, no, it was just that, and like, so she's, you know, like rubbing me in that area. But again, like I said, it was over the sheets. Like she wasn't actually touching my vagina. Like she was over the sheets, 
but she was like rubbing like this, like like that, like that, like my vagina. So like she that. knew what she was doing. But like it was like she was rubbing me, and then it was like, oh my god, whatever you're doing, like this is wild. And she was like, does that feel good? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 it does. She was like, okay. <laughs> She asked me, does that feel good? And I think that was her way of saying, should I keep going? Because if I was like, no, then she would have stopped. But I was like, yes, which gave her the go ahead to keep going. So you have an orgasm. Yeah. And then then this is the best part of the whole story. Yeah. What what happened? Well, I had to go back and just see what (laughs) that was about. Was it a a loud orgasm or a silent? It was I was pretty like chill about it so she I, probably didn't know that you had just climaxed. i think she did i think she knew but i was very subtle with it like i was like uh, like that like, like but not like oh god like i wasn't like that <laughs> that's what i was you know like for. i wasn't like that because i also didn't want the other people to hear me like the other people getting innocent massages you know what i mean they're just trying to get their fucking foot rubbed like oh yeah you know no i didn't want i was that. probably next door yeah exactly or working on email i didn't want you to hear me specifically <laughs> okay so you yeah, go back so it was like very very subtle and, and when you but go she back to she knew that you're like back for more she, yeah she yeah. was like you're back for more back for more didn't even have to say anything, anything. it was like implied so I, yeah, it's interesting because you always hear about like happy ending places, but like you never experience. No, no one's ever talked no about one's it. Ever tra- <laughs> well, we I love that it. you're pissed. You're like, no one's <laughs> ever offered me. I've yeah, never I, was thinking, I was thinking that actually. I'm like, why haven't I ever been well, offered? Well, Lauren, you're on there with your fucking emails. You're probably like this person, you you're know. not giving off the like, I want to Also, I'm 600 vibes. months pregnant. Like, no, like, no, not her but, today. But like literally <laughs> pregnant. Do you get horny pregnant? Yeah. 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 So there you go. Like, you know what, you know? Michael, if you're tired. You know what, Lauren, you're putting off the vibe because you're in there with your emails and your contraptions and you're not. Right. Good, good to know. Not, I need right. to put you off know? a different vibe. You need to put off the different so vibe. So when you tell your yeah. husband, yeah. hey, like, listen, like, yeah. you know, what does he say? Is he mad or is he turned on? So like, literally, I did not tell him <laughs> until I was writing this book. <laughs> I, I literally, I just never said anything. So, and my point of writing that was like, okay, I'm not perfect either. And that's, that's cheating. That's, that's cheating. That is cheating. I also cheated. Did he think it was cheating? He got just like super turned on. I know. He just like got frisky. Like he was like, tell me more. We're we're the worst. We're the worst. Yeah. Like not for even a second was he upset about that. (laughs) Not for one. Taylor, would you be mad? No, not at all. I'd be like, awesome. Taylor, Taylor, I want to know the details too. I I I, Taylor, I, I understand. Don't, I don't know if I want you behind me the rest of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> my pants are getting tighter every second. Oh <laughs> my god, Taylor! <laughs> Literally. Okay, so but yeah, th- these are just some of the stories that you guys can read in this book. I mean, it's really, really captivating. I feel like Michael and Taylor want to go pick up the book and read it. So. Yeah. I need to get... Also, the audiobook is really fun, too. Because you read it. Yeah, it's just more... It takes you there. I'm sure there's a lot of accents. Yeah, there's a lot of accents. It just takes you there in a way. My audiobooks always way outsell my book books. Just really? Because, that's interesting. Yes. And and they do with most like female comedians, actually, because you want to hear it. It's true. It's just... It's like a movie. So what Taylor's doing right now is he's on Audible buying it, and he's going to skip <laughs> to the part where you talk about your massage so mm-hmm, he can re-listen mm-hmm. to it while, while he uh, does his oh, business later. Oh, my later. God. 
Okay, I should recreate that. Yeah, in like a non-pornographic way. I'm like recreating stories from my book. You should recreate that one. I don't know how I could recreate it in like a non-porny way. You should do it as if you're in like a setting of like an old English library. Like, hello, chaps. Taylor's like customizing it to like his. (laughs) Taylor, you're a fucking creep, man. Drink some tea. Wear this color. (laughs) So I want to get to the part Mm. of where you give birth live natural the first time right second second first of all how bad is natural birth are you considering i don't know after reading your chapter i was like (laughs) should i i couldn't i couldn't decide what way you were trying to sway me well yeah if you had to do it again what are you doing i would go natural really yes what were the sounds coming out of you you want to know why because i have a theory that you're going to feel pain with childbirth regardless, whether it's after or during. If you get the epidural, the pain's going to be after. You feel I like you're hit by a I didn't feel that much pain. You didn't? Uh-uh. I just felt like there was a bowling ball coming out. Like, it's pressure. Did, did you have an have epidural? That, yeah, I didn't have, like... No, but pain I post, liked birth. Pain postpartum, though. It wasn't oh, that bad. No, but Lauren, you, oh. no, you're forgetting, Lauren. I may be forgetting, though. I might be forgetting. No, Lauren had... Yeah. I mean, she talked about... We've talked yeah. about this. She's had terrible postpartum you forget anxiety and depression but i'm not talking about what you're yeah yeah yeah. you didn't have like did you tear Uh uh-uh you didn't tear no okay i don't think like i mean maybe so then i had like one stitch or something so then you know if you had a good birth with an epidural do that so do that doing it again though (laughs) you do natural yeah because i didn't like the epidural because i couldn't feel anything i was completely numb to the point where when it was time to push, I didn't know because I couldn't feel anything because I was completely numb. And huh. yeah, they put too much in me, I think. Or or like and then I, I had like, more time in between. So it was worn off. Maybe we like you had less time. Does that make sense? Maybe, maybe. But you didn't feel like you were hit by a truck after after the epidural wore off. You weren't. Because I was in so much pain after. I don't remember it. And you know what, Lauren? Yeah. You forget. You got. You're allergic to whatever that spray is. Oh, that, that was the worst part. Fucked you that up. That was the worst that. part. And the it was tape. Like a gnarly, no, but that gnarly... was that was the worst part, though. That's what I'm saying. That no, but wasn't, I think, that's uh, not no, what she's talking uh, no, about. No, uh, she's forget. She was. You were uncomfortable. Okay. But like in your head, it's funny how nature makes us forget. Yeah, I don't so we'll remember have our babies. Yeah. Like probably because like, it it's, like, it's a trauma, really manipulative, real manipulative. It reminds me of like an ex. Like, but it sounds like you had a good birth. I had a great birth. Easy. So why would you even change it just to experience it? I guess you could always see how far you can get without if you're interested in what that feels like. And then if it's too much, I don't know just, if I'm interested. Then there you go. <laughs> then there you go. Okay. So you decide yeah. to have to do. Yeah. First of all, when you give birth on Facebook Live, do we get to see the crowning in the vagina or you can't show that? I didn't give birth on Facebook Live. I gave birth on like I filmed we filmed the birth and then i posted it after but can you see everything i blurred a little vagina out um but you could see like blood you could see stuff yeah so it's not like it's from behind and you're vlogging on youtube you could see yeah you could literally see with alfie you could literally see alfie coming out what inspired you to give birth on facebook and what inspired like was that like gnarly i mean i would just feel like that's so much energy in the room yeah i just love birth stories i could watch them all day if you've posted your birth vlog online i've watched it six times with snacks like i love watching women give birth it's really weird i love it i've watched every type natural epidural c-section free birthing 
all of it. Man. Oh. I fucking love it. But I also grew up making horror films when I was a kid, so it nothing grosses me out. I just think birth is so miraculous, and I became like addicted to watching birth stories. I, I loved them, and I also wanted to prepare for my own birth, so I wanted to see how they would go. So I was educating myself on the on what it would look like. That makes and sense. Making Stephen watch them with me. Oh. He was like, "God damn it, how many more birth vlogs?" He's like, "You're projecting yeah. it on the screen in the dark." Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> watch this. That's why I thought. You know what? We'll film some of it. And by the way, we filmed 15 minutes of like a 16 hour birth. So it wasn't like there was a camera the whole time. It was literally him with an iPhone filming here and there. Like it was still very intimate. And then I thought I filmed my first contraction and then we filmed a little bit later on. And then we filmed when it was happening. But it was I didn't even realize there was an iPhone camera happening anyway. And I went back and forth on whether or not to post it. I just thought I like to make content that I want to watch and I like watching birth stories. It's educational. It's miraculous. So why not? I couldn't see any sort of, I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting and compelling. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. and then not only that, then you also opened up online about your postpartum, which mm-hmm. is another thing no one talks about ever. Mm-hmm. I had really bad postpartum depression, anxiety. It sounds yeah. like you did too. Yeah, I did with Poppy. It was really but not weird. with Alfie. No, with Alfie, I had a bad physical, like the physical recovery was was difficult. With Poppy, I, which was the natural birth, Alfie was epidural. I had like easy, I was just right back, felt great right after, like just such a difference with Poppy. But then mentally, I struggled with Poppy. Yeah, definitely had some postpartum depression. Uh, did you have tools that you used to to help like lift it? Yes, I, I did. And for me, and I think a lot of people, antidepressants works great. For me, I just didn't want to take them. And I'm not against them, but I wanted to try and get better naturally first, unmedicated, I should say. And then if that wasn't working, absolutely, I would have taken the antidepressants, no problem, if it was becoming debilitating. But so what I did, and this is just me, not a doctor. I know y'all thought I was a doctor, not a doctor. I decided, okay, I got like really sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I was just the negative voice in my head was so bad. Steven and I were fighting like as you do with a newborn, you know, a newborn. So hard. Oh my God. It was like newborn toddler. My mom was in town. There was just tension and it was just bad. Your mom's trying to give you social media advice. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Stephen and I got in some of the worst fights we've ever been in. It was just not. There were beautiful moments with Poppy. Beautiful moments. Someone described motherhood, especially new motherhood, as brutal, brutal and beautiful. And I thought that was pretty spot on. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel like every girl on the planet can relate to this. You go to the gym. And then maybe you're meeting someone from happy hour. Maybe you're getting a blowout. Maybe you're going to work, but you need a little care for down there. And personally, I want something holistic when it comes to feminine care, especially if it's going on my vagina. So I got introduced actually by a Skinny Confidential member to their cucumber spray. It's like this cucumber spray that you spray down there. You could spray it on your underwear, even like whatever you want to do. And it takes away any unpleasant odor. It's almost like a holistic feminine deodorant spray. And I like it because 
it's nothing like crazy. It comes in like inconspicuous packaging and it has like a very, very light cucumber scent and it doesn't mask the odor. It neutralizes it. So they use this natural peptide and amino acid that uniquely and safely neutralizes odor. So if you're on your way to the gym, just put it in your gym bag. Super easy. It's small. It's like this little spray. And you can just use it when you're done working out. Maybe you're just running around town. Things are hot in Austin right now, especially if you're listening and you're from Austin or Palm Springs or Florida or somewhere hot. Let me tell you, you need this. (laughs) So you should know that PhD offers trustworthy feminine care products that actually work. When you have feminine issues, you want a solution immediately. Let me tell you. PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. Register now at phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win to receive a free summer gift basket. This includes lifestyle products, a retail value over $100, plus a $500 Visa gift card. Go to phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. Also, you get 20% off all products right now. Use code SKINNY, phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. Now it's like easier, right? They sleep through the night. It's like we've got a system figured out. It's easier than it was. What's it. how? What time do they go to bed? That's one thing we're working on. So are we? Yeah. Really? Oh, Wait, so how old is your little one? She's two. We're two, working. two and, two and a half. what? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. And when does she go to bed? Oh God. Late. I mean, like, same yeah. with Alfie. Same oh, with Alfie. She went to bed last night at nine thirty. Same or with 10. Alfie. Same with Alfie. Yes, Which and we're I- just trying to make it earlier now. Everyone, when I tell them that, is like so judgy about it. That's the time she goes to bed because I would rather her sleep in. Thank you. So I can get some sleep. Thank you. Like, sorry, I'm just being honest. Literally. And is she likes going to bed at that time. I'm going to be honest too. Lauren and I are very like chaotic individuals. And so like, everyone's like the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, like we don't, it's, it's I'm, not I'm hanging live, on by know? the handlebars. Like, like sometimes we're here, sometimes we're in Texas, sometimes we're this place. I'm white knuckling like, through this. The kids gotta kind of keep up. You yeah, know? totally. I yes. mean, listen, and yes. we've we've had definitely have had help, but still, it's just she goes to bed late. She yeah. does what she wants, I guess. Yeah, I love that, and she sleeps through the night. She sleeps through the night sometimes so until, and sometimes she wakes up and screams rice as loud as she can. Rice, rice. or She's juice. Oh, cute. No, it's not cute. <laughs> I'm it's dead cute. asleep. Dead asleep. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's. It's. A it's lot. cute as a story, but in practice, when you're on the receiving end in the middle of the night, it's. Oh, in the middle of the night. In she the middle of the it. night. Like oh, she'll rip you out Juice. of bed. She'll come out of nowhere. Like she'll crawl out of wherever she was. Wait, really? And then she, you're just done. So, she, so she's not in a crib anymore. No, we're getting her out of the. We get her out of the crib. Wait. Alfie's literally still in a crib, but he. They say keep him in a crib. Alfie just turned three. We don't know. Don't ask us. We're not like the <laughs> experts on a, ba- a baby. He's <laughs> never tried to get out. So I'm like, you're staying in until you figure oh, out you can get the hell I, out. Can I tell you? The shark on the crib. <laughs> can man. I tell you what happened? We have the new one coming, and the new one, the room that the first one was in, is a better room for the new one because it's got it's just easier access from our bedroom, and it's just a better room to put a newborn in. Okay. So then I, my dumbass was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick her out of her room yeah. that she likes. And make her have a but new room. But I make room. a new oh. room. And like, the so way you got a it, new room. The way I made it exciting, I was like, I found a new big girl bed. And it was a huge mistake, let me tell you, because now she can, she, get out. she can get the fuck out. Now I'm trying to figure out a locked door solution. But we then have I kinda, a friend that locks then you feel bad. someone in. Or locks her daughter in. You, you know, just locks the daughter in and just uh, sh- like 
that's yeah. that's it. Stephen and I were like, is that abusive? Like, but then I, I think don't the same know. Thing as a crib, right? That's what. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're like, wait, is it a fire hazard? Because like, I'm terrified when we transition Alfie that he's gonna get up, walk outside, and go go out like to go play because like you don't know turn what on the stove sleeping. yeah that's true yes, oh that is true literally like he can unlock the front door like what if he just decides to bounce see i don't oh mind. i never thought about that well, she, think about it she won't be able to get the, like do that because there's other but like i i don't mind if she goes to bed in her room and then gets up in the night and comes into the bed after we've already slept and got yeah. organized but like trying to like, i don't want her to go to sleep with us you know right exactly because it becomes a habit yes yeah it's so hard yeah it's so hard if anyone has any tips let us know no totally well it's funny because i thought alfie was the only toddler that like went to bed at literally sometimes 9 30 and we just the past two nights just the past two nights thought we got to get his bedtime up just a little. Like, it's so funny you said that because both our kids, Poppy and Alfie, and I just want to say this for any like new expecting parents, don't believe people when they say you're never going to sleep again. I refused to believe that reality. I refused when they would say, oh, you'll never sleep again. And I was like, mm, nope, that's not my reality. My kids will be amazing sleepers. My kids will be amazing sleepers. You know, Stephen and I are like obsessed with manifestation. And Louise hate it. You Louise, Louise 100%. Visualization. Every morning and every night, religiously, we'd say, we're so happy and grateful. Our kids are incredible sleepers. They sleep through the night. They're healthy. They're happy. They sleep. No joke. These kids sleep till, they slept till 930 in the morning this morning. Oh, fuck you. I swear to God. We got to manifest a little more. Oh, my God. I got to turn on Louise Hayes. Dude, manifest that shit, She sleeps till 7, 730. 930. I fucking, dude. Do they take a nap? Yeah. Alfie sleeps for three hours during the day. And Poppy takes two Two hour, two to this, three hour I'm going to have this girl go run laps. Do you have roofies in your I'm not, No, I swear <laughs> to God. What's going on? They eat a lot of food. They they walk. They take a lot of walks. They like just, I'm telling you, I, and maybe this sounds like so delusional, but I feel like we visualized it. Okay, I'm going to visualize that. I feel that. like we, we didn't accept when people were like, you're not going to sleep. I just refused to accept that reality. And then we just, it just happens this is pumping me up but i I'm, do I'm into, I'm into this right yeah but i do think oh. a little bit and we're steven and i are, are like you guys like we're a little like out there eccentric <laughs> like you know what i mean like we're not give you that impression we're not us. normal like you know so yeah. we're not the most structured individuals but when we did implement a routine and we weren't like crazy with it but just like this is the time that they nap and like that really did help with their sleep schedule is having more set nap times just and we did it out of our sanity because we just what wanted, time is the nap so well for which one for both okay so like poppy is one years old and one year old and so she wakes up i'm not kidding you like nine <laughs> Okay. and she goes to bed at like no it was easier when they were younger it's hard. At the what two time? and a half age Hold on. is hard what time does she go to bed she goes to bed between seven and eight. Okay. So she, she, and she, she just literally plop her down. I try and rock her and she's like, get me into the crib. Like, I just want to sleep. And she grabs her pacifier and she's just like, just, she's easy. She sounds easy. Yes. And you're going to have that gonna same have thing. Same easy, thing with this baby. Do you know, easy, boy, girl, easy. are you saying? We know we haven't surprise? said, we haven't told okay. anyone. Okay. What do you think? I guess. Think. Manifest. Boy. Yeah, we'll I'm see. not a I'm not a psychic, okay. but I like to visualize what I want in life. Okay. But I think you're having a boy. Okay, 
I'll yeah. message you the okay. second that I Please. that I tell people. Okay. Before you go, for yeah. my own selfish reasons, you have to tell me mm-hmm. about why people are so judgmental about breastfeeding. Because in your book, you talk yeah. about this. I don't understand why anyone cares. I know how anyone feeds their baby as long as the baby's getting fed. It's yeah. unbelievable yeah. to me that people that you don't know on the internet yeah. are chastising you in on your Instagram yes. for breastfeeding. Can you talk about for that? For breast or for not? For breastfeeding. For breastfeeding. Like in public, basically. Oh, they, okay, okay. So people are just offended. I think it's just this prudish. I think it's honestly an American thing too, especially here. It's just the kind of this culture of, oh, cover up like you're attention seeking because you're I'm breastfeeding publicly. Like I'll post pictures of it because I think it's beautiful. Why does anyone care? Like I don't. And it's women who get really upset, which is crazy. You're never going to see. Yeah. But guys aren't coming to me like, man, I'm pissed off about this. But also some guys are because it's you're using breasts not for them and they get pissed about that so some i'm some not gonna guys, even try to unpack yeah that. some guys do get pissed because the breasts are being used for something else other than for the, their enjoyment so you get a lot of misogynistic comments from men and from women and she she gets like five to ten thousand comments on her pictures and no, her no, I've, I've perused right especially before this interview i was like Damn. oh you've perused her breastfeeding photos <laughs> that's, that's, that's creepy that's not strange i mean i perused yeah. the account your account yeah she, right? you get a lot of comments you get a lot of i engagement. specifically so went to he, that perused, yeah. he looked at yeah. your breastfeeding uh, photos uh, before that's yeah. fine okay. well, you know, listen, taylor's have... on your instagram right now I, i'm perusing right now <laughs> Call me what you free want, Lauren. Free the nip, man. Honestly. Lauren, I'm a thorough free investigator. The nip. Free that shit. Did I you agree. breastfeed? I breastfed for a little bit. Yeah. I I liked and it, but I didn't put pressure on myself. That's amazing. But I also didn't look at what anyone else was doing. I literally yeah. listened to my intuition of what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was do it for a couple months. And then when I felt like I was done with it, I was done with it. I didn't ask any. I like didn't even want to see the lactation person. Totally. Like all of that. I just did it in the way that felt natural to me. Yeah, I and love that. That's what every, like, cause that, yeah, cause I, you know best. You know best. It's wild though. Alfie was two and a half, I, literally, and it was crazy weaning him. He just. Two and a half years is a long I know. time. You're a, a hero. That's well, a and he- I had one heroic. on each tit. So I had Poppy on one tit, Alfie on the other. How much work is that? You know, it was, it. I'm weird though, because I like it. That, you said oxytocin yes oxytocin serotonin all those feel-good hormones come and it's, i'm gonna it's lean a, into that this birth and see if i get that i'm gonna dm you and tell you i didn't no, i please. don't remember feeling that yeah. i i didn't mind it i just don't remember feeling the oxy hit oh i definitely got that <laughs> but but pop but poppy at 10 months was like no done i, I want Three course adult size meals. By the way, she ten months so though is still a really long time to breastfeed. That's I know, so it gnarly. Is. It is, especially after you've yeah. given your body up for yeah. a long time. It's, a, yeah. it's like I th- I honestly think it's like hero shit. And then it's wild the way your tits just disappear. Like literally, I had I'm probably at a B now, maybe even an A. I was double D. Like I had titties for days <laughs> from from breastfeeding like, yes girl yes the milk they're just woo and then the second you stop it's like mine didn't but I'm actually do that excited either. about this I, I could just uh, but i have fake boobs so, okay so i don't they, know they didn't so, i feel like they didn't but they didn't fluctuate 
Lauren, are you kidding me? Those things, are, those things are lethal I don't weapons. Remember. Massive, right? Well, right now, now they are. Right? No, no, but, I'm like an old sow. No, no, no. Right now. <laughs> No, but they, on my like. Okay, listen. They, they're huge. They're, they're like. Are oh, they huge? They're not. They're bigger. huge, yeah. but but listen, I don't they're know. huge to begin with, and then right. you fill them up with breast milk. Well, and they're it's, fake. Yeah, but they're out of control. I mean, yesterday I was naked in front of him, and he looked at me. Uh, he looked at me like he was scared. Well, because they're so massive. It was. It was like he was literally scared. Because yeah. if you hit me with one of those things, I'm out right. cold. I'm done. Taylor's right. loving this episode. This is his wow. favorite episode. He's gonna listen back and make little edits. Listen, I ask this guy every time after the episode. I'm like, can I get the notes so I know like we talk? And this one, I think we're gonna get pages of notes. It's yeah. gonna be like it's gonna be a book report. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone oh God, that amazing. is listening should go buy Laura's book. I know you're gonna like it. Both of them, idiots and idiot. Idiot is first. Idiots first. And then idiots. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so good, you guys. You will not be able to put it down. I think even Michael and Taylor are going to buy it. Aww. Where can everyone find you, your book, Pimp Yourself Out? Hey, listen, you are a phenomenal guest. And She's we've a done phenomenal. A lot of Do you want to come back on? Yeah, I had I mean more that. questions. I would absolutely love to. I actually this have more so questions. enjoyable. You're I want to know more about your like career and how you built it and manifested it, but yeah. I had to ask you about the massage parlor first. Totally. Okay. That's a more interesting story, if we're honest, okay. than my career. <laughs> Okay. Your career is incredible. We yeah. can come back on about your career. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So where can everyone find you? We covered a lot Go of ground follow. here today. We really did. Yep. We really did. Where can I, everyone find your birth? Yeah. So anywhere, any, your favorite social media, I'm probably on there. What's your favorite social media, by the way? My favorite platform? Yeah. Podcasting. Okay. Yeah. Podcasting. By and, far. Okay. Because it's nothing to do with the way you look. Wow. Or it's just like you I just talk. That. It's so, oh. it's so nice. But you've been doing this for a long time, right? Six years. Wow. A long time. And it started from a blog. It started from a blog. In college. In college. Yeah, I did my research. You did your research. Thank you. I'm kind of wondering. And you guys what, met in high school? We met when we were 12. 12. Oh, oh my God. Together. We haven't been together that long. That's right. That's right. It was childhood. This is like a lot of stuff in between there. I have questions about you guys. One day I'll write a book. Oh my God. I'll call I'm it more. You haven't. <laughs> love, love, love. Honestly, though, you are invited back to talk about your career. There's so many different ways we could have taken this interview. It was like so good. And Michael gets mad, but you should have a podcast. You think so? I think so. Pretty damn good. Well, I'll tell you why. There's a lot of duds, right? There's a lot of people that like shouldn't. And She's so, pretty good at podcasting. When I say you're a phenomenal guest, I mean not only are you a phenomenal guest, but you are a phenomenal storyteller. Yes. Oh, and you are very good at this, naturally. Thank you. I'll tell you all, so Aaron. I had one for a minute, and then I just like stopped. It was like years ago. So I was thinking about doing it, bringing it back and doing it right, but... I do feel like it's a good progression and I do like what you said about well you say it doesn't matter how you look but it's a video there's a video podcast too so yeah that, but that is it's, an it's different you're not like looking at it's, yourself and yes. editing and like putting Paris filter on it yeah, it's like Paris. or tagging it's <laughs> it's like kind of just like mm. it, you get what you get it's love I don't look at the video yeah you know what I, I don't know it's different I love that I don't care I don't care as much how I look on video with podcasting as I do on like it's it's and what weird. is your audience is it millennial women M millennial women okay yeah. same okay <laughs> similar audience I bet we have a lot of shares a lot of moms yes a lot of moms yeah so anywhere TikTok is my current fave I love it oh I gotta I go look at you on TikTok it. I know. it's so much fun it's I'm so addicted much work is it work? You yeah, think? I gotta talk to you well you if you don't tips. like it it's don't do it okay. you know I have fun with it but TikTok, Instagram, whatever, dude, wherever. Just Google my name. 
get her You'll book, find you guys. It. My book's anywhere. You so can good. Amazon Prime it or download it, the Audible. I think the audio is a better experience personally, but it's fun. Some people like reading, reading. Like, do you prefer reading, reading? I read it on a Kindle. Yeah. yeah. Well, huh? I think like I prefer reading, reading because yeah. so many people phone in the audio version but if you oh. actually did it yourself with your voice oh, then yeah. i think that's you know what i mean like when they get like that robot yes. author and it's then yeah you know, no, no, it's, we can't do a robot we can't do a robot a lot of people just no. phone in the audio because they don't want to do the, the german work. accent no this is a full fucking performance uh, laura you're amazing thank you, thank you thank so you. much you for coming are. on do you want to win a copy of Laura's book, signed, sealed, and delivered to you? All you have to do is tell us who you want to hear next on the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. Of course, make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds. And go give Laura some love. She is absolutely amazing. I am very much into my morning routine. I take it very seriously. And now Michael does too, which is very inspiring. I have like all my little potions and vitamins and supplements and my water with my chlorophyll and my lemon and it goes on and on and on. But one thing that has always been in my routine and it's been in my routine since Carly came on the show is Beekeepers Naturals Little Shots. And they're called Be Smart Brain Fuel. It comes in a six pack, but basically it's royal jelly. Okay, so you do this little shot. I think it tastes absolutely amazing. I throw these in my handbag when I'm running out the door and it just gives you energy because it's full of adaptogens. And Carly actually came on the podcast and explained why these shots help you fight brain fog. And I have to tell you, I've been using them forever and they really, really work. All of Beekeeper's products are meant to like reinvent your medicine cabinet. They have the best cough syrup on the planet, the elderberry one, like shout out all day long. It's the only cough syrup I will give my kids. All their products are made with clean ingredients. They're keto, paleo, gluten-free and natural. No GMOs either. I'm a huge fan of this herb spray. I think anytime you're traveling or like flying or going somewhere where you have to use the room function, definitely take it. I keep it in my bag. I keep it in my briefcase. I pretty much have one everywhere. And it's simple. Just spray it in your throat and you're good to go. I even have one in my car. Don't sleep on the medicinal benefits of the bees, okay? Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering all Skinny Confidential Him and Her listeners an exclusive offer. You are going to go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash skinny or inner code skinny to get 25% off your first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash skinny or intercode skinny. Start feeling better every day today.